When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, audio only edition. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bull Brock. And we are just two days away from the Dallas Cowboys and their fan base taking over State Farm Stadium. Uh, but I, it does feel like, Bull Brock, that has been a sub-bullet to the main story of this week, which is Kyler Murray cryptic, non-cryptic posts on social media. He's taken to TikTok. He's dabbled on Instagram. And uh, it does feel like, and I'll get your opinion on this because Hollywood Brown spoke to you and the rest of the media today, it does feel like there's a little bit of momentum with K-1 potentially returning sooner rather than later, maybe even as early as right off the pup list in two weeks, Bo Brock. Yeah, I mean, not a whole lot of guys can kind of take the front page or the headlines away from losing a play of the caliber of Buda Baker, but it's kind of eased that blow a little bit as Kyler Murray's made his way back uh, as far as into our lives via social media. As you mentioned, TikTok, he said he's uh, soon. He said he's itching to get back. He's not going to let us all down. And then there was the message that was on Thursday where it was kind of a shot across the bow to maybe the doubters out there that uh, this time it's cutthroat with a K, like K1. And, um, you know, I think that he's continuing his uh, earning goodwill tour throughout this offseason and into you know, the regular season as he makes his way back onto the playing field. And I think it's, you know, whoever's, if, if there's anybody working along with side him, if it's his agent, Eric Burkhart, if it's a media team, if it's just him and his, his old man, or if it's just Kyler Murray, he's doing a great job kind of setting the groundwork for a triumphant return to the playing field. It's why, like, I, there are people, and you know, you can have your own opinion, that are staunchly committed to, November, like Thanksgiving. And I'm like, I just, I can't buy into that. But why, why on earth would you continue to put this information out there? And you've got Hollywood Brown before the season saying, you know, the comeback is, is going to be an all timer a la Adrian Peterson. And K1's goal was week one. And it looks like he's running damn near close to full speed now. And I, I think it's just, he's going to put on that Superman cape at some point this season. And the Cardinals, I would imagine they're they're going to have a, a tough time winning games without him. They may not have a win before K1 returns on the field for this team. And I don't know, it it sets up perfectly for him to retake and re-solidify his place on this football team in, in, in the Valley, Bo Brock, because yeah. the last time we saw him, I mean, last season was, was tumultuous to, to say the least. 2021, you know, it was difficult with how that season ended. 
But, you know, Kwon was beloved that year. And then the playoff game against the Rams happened. There was talk about him, you know, leaving the game early, which I don't even know if that's even been confirmed yet. And then the contract saga. And that really has carried on through the negative aspect, the better part of about 18 months to two years. And now as we approach his return, I think the narrative has shifted because you've got new leadership, new coaching staff, and a quarterback that undoubtedly, if you have him at full strength the first two weeks, you're, you're 2-0. And people are seeing what Kyler Murray can do. And I just I think it's so poetic, Bo Brock, that all this stuff about Caleb Williams coming out, I'm not going to play for this team, I don't want the Cardinals, I don't want the Bears, right? And then you've got this guy that, hey, was your first overall pick four years ago, two Pro Bowls, one offensive rookie of the year, and can help you like immediately upon his return. And I've seen many, many tweets, DMs, instant messages that have been like, hey, I was out on Kyler. I'm I'm firmly back in. It's funny how that works. Is it locally, though? Uh, Because I would think that nationally there's still – there's still a, a stigma, right? And it's it's due uh, in large part to the previous regime. I mean, yeah. I, I think that you know there was there was some uh, throughout the through insider information and sources and uh, planted information and, and whether it was legit or not, uh, there was mudslinging going that came from the organization itself uh, that he's still trying to make up for. And then we're all just also seeing just the ability of being positive and talking and gassing up your guys that yeah. we've seen from Monty Ossenfort and Jonathan Gannon and Israel Wolfork, their quarterback coach and their offensive coordinator, Drew Petzing, like just how simple it is to positive, to talk positively about your franchise quarterback and how far that goes, at least, you know, the people who are paying attention, you know, nationally, mm-hmm. it, they, they're not going to, look and seek out the clips uh, maybe outside of what Jonathan Gannon is saying and what gets picked up by, you know, the major networks. But, you know, there is at least locally, I think Kyler Murray has become a less polarizing figure and more of a anticipated return to the playing field than, than he was, you know, February, March and people clamoring for this team as they saw the rebuild in action and they saw the roster in the state of it. And, you know, the very, uh, good possibility that they weren't going to win a whole lot of football games and they could be in a prime position to land a guy like Caleb Williams. And then on top of those comments, it's like everything's trending towards people welcoming number one back with open arms uh, and, and really can't wait to see, you know, him in action with the infrastructure finally in place of, of, a, of a steady front office, uh, a really rock solid front office and a solid coaching staff that's going to put him in a position for success. I mean, Joshua Dobbs has been been put in a position back-to-back weeks to win football games. That's wild. Yeah. absolutely wild. And to think of your point, like if Kyler Murray was in that position, they probably win those football games. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's exciting to think about. Yeah, just the grass isn't always greener. And I think about the infatuation with this quarterback class in 2024, and we'll get sucked into it. We are sucked into it, depending on how this season goes. It's going to be a part of our landscape and our show for the next, what, nine to ten months? 2021's QB class now, historically, was supposed to be an all-timer, right? With Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones and Trey Lance and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields, and looks like four out of those five guys can't play. Can't play at the NFL level. (laughs) are average to grossly below average. And then I think about 
these rookie quarterbacks this year, Bo Brock, that were taken. Now I'm not even I'm excluding Kenny Pickett's you know overdrafted ass from 2022. <laughs> 2023's group of quarterbacks, Bryce Young's already hurt. He looks small. He's not as dynamic as Kyler Murray. Anthony Richardson basically has played running back to the point where he is concussed. He's got one win. And C.J. Stroud looks looks really confident, but they're 0-2. Rookie quarterbacks, I think, are like like 1-6 to start the season, something like that. And then, like, everybody is so quick to say, Kyler's old, he's 26, he's broken down, this is his only injury, he's into himself, he's been with the team all offseason. Like, just be careful what you wish for, because they could easily move off of Kyler Murray, and I'm not saying he's going to go win a Super Bowl elsewhere, but he, he'll, I'm confident he'll have success elsewhere, depending on where he goes. You could take Caleb Williams or Drake May, and it could easily not work out. Easily. I mean, like, the, the amount of quarterbacks, I feel like we had a nice streak of guys hitting in the draft. The, the, the mm-hmm. position here to play seven on sevens, right? There, it went from, like, 20% to, like, 50%, 60% in the first round hit rate. I think, we're, I think it's the mean of the average has gone back down. Oh, I, yeah. Going back these last three draft classes, let's exclude this past one. If we're mm-hmm. talking Kenny Pickett and then that group in 2021, one guy can play. Trevor Lawrence, one. Everybody right. else, it's, it's huge question marks. So, again, I get it. It's a generational class, but it doesn't mean much when you get to training camp at NFL Sundays and you can't complete throws. Yeah, I mean, there was the class in there with with Burrow in 2020 uh, and, and Tua and Justin Herbert and in the, the previous class that had Kyler Murray, where it's like you had four guys, yeah, and, and you can exclude you know Daniel Jones and, and Dwayne Haskins because I don't think it, it those were surprise picks, right? Right. Uh, but you know the the top five guys uh, and, and six if you if you include Justin Herbert, like they hit, You're right. they just hit, and and they produce right away. Like Kyler Murray's interception to touchdown ratio, or touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, was was in, in a good spot where now you don't necessarily see that. You see even Trevor Lawrence, who was the next can't miss prospect since Andrew Luck. He immediately gets the you know he was he was given you know chicken chicken shit that he made needed to make in the chicken salad as far as yeah. his his head coach Nervin Meyer. But it was a process, right? And it seems mm-hmm. to be a process. I completely agree. I think that as far as the, what there was a time a short period of time where the college quarterbacks were coming and they were NFL ready. It, their skill set and, and you know their experience at the, the amateur level, it it translated to the NFL level, and then yeah. things changed, and that's no longer the case. And, and it's going to take you know a, a redshirt season of sorts to to get just up to speed. Um, and, and we'll see what you know what is in store for this draft class. But if you've got a proven commodity and you've got them locked up, and that's another part of this equation is. You know, Patrick Mahomes goes back to the negotiating table and he's making an absurd amount of money through 2026. Right. $210 million over a four year stretch. And you've just got Joe Burrow, who just got 275. He's making 55 million per year. Justin Herbert's over 50. It's an, it's just insane, eye popping numbers. And now the sticker price on Kyler Murray, not looking too bad, right? Just over $46 million, right around seventh, I believe, as far as. Average annual salary per, per quarterback. That's a that's a easier pill to swallow. And as the cap goes up, you're going to also see that Kyler Murray's you know how his his cap hit with the percentage of it's going to take up the rest of the teams. It's a little bit easier to absorb as well. And I mean, we're already going to see like in the first year of his money, you know, he's going to make close to fifty or have close to a fifty million dollar cap hit. 
and they're going to have close to $80 million to spend. And that's not considering maybe moving off of some guys from the prior regime that have right. bloated contracts. If you wanted to move off of Ertz or DJ Humphreys or James Conner, I know they're stalwarts in this season, but they're, I mean, they're, they're bridge guys too, right? Like they, they could potentially be moved off of next off season. They're in an advantageous position in a, in a weird way when it comes to managing his money, because they don't have anybody in their mid twenties that they desperately have to extend that Kyler Murray making 45 to $50 million in 2024 and beyond is going to prevent them from keeping another Byron Murphy or Zach Allen or Christian Kirk or anybody like that. I think the biggest question mark will be, what do they do with a guy like Hollywood Brown? What kind of year can he produce? You know, do they want to keep him around? They're going to be in an advantageous position, Bo, because they're going to have two potentially top five to 10 picks and they're going to get cheap labor from a left tackle last year, maybe another left tackle, maybe a wide receiver one or a defensive end. We're not, you're not paying those guys anything. Mm-hmm. You're not paying them anything for four or five years. Those are the premium positions you usually shelve out 80 to $100 million guaranteed. So in a weird way, this rebuild timeline with Kyler Murray's contract sets up well. Like I laugh at the people who are like, Kyler's contract doesn't fit what they want to do because they're rebuilding. Who are they, who are they paying? Like, wait, wait I mean, <laughs> they have all this money. The Chicago Bears again are going to have 80 to $100 million this offseason for the second consecutive offseason. Yeah. Just because you have this money doesn't mean that it's going to cure everything with dysfunction and roster construction. It's just money and you can manipulate the cap and, if Kyler Murray comes back, Bo, and he looks like the Kyler Murray old, and, and they're bought in, and they win five, six games with, with Kyler Murray, like you, ha- you have to really consider, depending on what happens with Houston's pick, what you're going to do with him. Because in no world in 2024 is Drake May a better quarterback than <laughs> Kyler Murray. There's, and it's, that's a la- I'm not sure that he's a better quarterback in August and September next year than Josh Dobbs right now. If Josh, if they keep Josh Dobbs, he's just on the team, and they just let him work in training camp and, and, and preseason next year. Like that's, they're probably very comparable. So Caleb Williams is his own anomaly. We'll tackle that, I, you know, all season. But Kyler, Kyler Murray to me has every opportunity to rewrite this narrative, and he, he's already doing it. He is doing it. I mean, he's doing all the right things. He's saying all the right things. He's posting all the right things. He's, he's, he's making the right impression on his coaching staff in the front office. And that's all you could do at this point. I mean, the next step is, is getting cleared to play. Uh, you know, you see the, the 10 pictures and videos that he posted uh, on, on Instagram, including one where he's doing some resistance running. And I have no idea what the process is. I mean, we've, yeah. we've seen some of the process from BJ Ojolari to Zach Ertz to Garrett Williams. Some of it we can report on some of it. We can't report on it, but like the resistance stuff, I mean, that seems like it's it's pretty damn close uh, to. I mean, if if when he's when his if the earliest he can come back is four weeks being on the pup, right? Yeah. Um, you know, at least be activated, and and I think that he's gonna be in that. I think he's gonna be in that ballpark, right? At least to be activated, get back practicing, and, and trying to figure out, you know what looking what playing under center looks like and what the footwork of Drew Petzing's offense and, and the quarterback position needs to be. Um and, and well, that would, what benefit does it does it lend you to keep him on pup? Uh just because just so you don't have to open that window and, and if he isn't ready to go, I mean I mean this this coaching staff man, they're tr- they're pretty true to their word when they say if you have a if you're on the active roster and you've got a 
jersey on game day. They're going to utilize you. Yeah. yeah, you're playing. So I, I don't. They are very. Uh, they are very stingy with their with their active roster spots. So, it, they, I mean, could it linger one to two more weeks and and then they activate them and then get them up to speed as far as this offense goes? Yeah, possibly. And that's in line with you know I think the the uh, the consensus timeline post training camp and preseason going into the regular season. But I think, you know, he makes the case for after four weeks to be activated, not to play, but to be yeah. activated, start practicing, start getting to take some snaps from, you know, whether it's Yelda Froholt or, you know, some backup centers and throw some passes out there, whether he's on the other side of the field with a Jeff Driscoll and, and the practice squad guys. I mean, I think that that, to your point, I mean, what do you have to lose uh, and start that process? But, you know, Gannon's been uh, very, you know, transparent about it. Like there's there's two buckets. One's the health bucket. He's got to get to the very top of that. And then he then he gets into the football bucket. And that, that becomes another thing. But uh, they're, they're, in a, they're in a decent spot right now. I mean, they really are considering, you know, Dobbs, I think, proved a lot in week two from week one. Yeah. You can't tell me that they haven't thought about that soft spot of the middle of the season and what he he's going to be able to do for them. Yeah. And that, you know, if you, you know, the pup in hindsight made sense when you looked at the quality of the opponent, especially these next two weeks, I'm not saying they're looking to roll over and die. I think they're going to be hopefully fairly competitive given what we've seen the first two weeks. But I mean, you, you bring him back potentially Cincinnati or, is it week six against Baltimore? Or is it week six against Seattle? I mean, week six is that at Seattle? That that week to six, me, I believe, is uh, is Los Angeles and Los then Angeles. I mean, that, yeah. again, that's the the Rams' defense is fine, but I mean that that could be a golden opportunity <laughs> to have him come back and and beat the LA Rams. I mean, the the Rams' defense. They, they, I think they've been probably a, a little bit ahead of schedule, but I. We'd love to go into that game, the Seattle game, the Ravens game, with with K one back in the lineup. I they're especially with how well Dobbs has played this last game, and how I think he'll he'll be fine these next two weeks. It it just it makes sense now in hindsight that maybe this was always the plan. They'll never mm-hmm. say that. They'll never come out and say that because I think you get Kyler Murray ready for the start of the season, they would have taken that. But yeah, it's it remains the biggest talking point in the season. Your other point about who are they going to pay, though? I mean, they they weeded out guys who would be you would go have to negotiate, yeah, big time contracts because even young guys. I mean, Marco Wilson is is he going to drive up the price for himself? I mean, he's got a long way to go to do that. I mean, he's a he's a third year player. He's going to go into the final year of his contract next season. Zayvon Collins, though, even if they pick up his fifth year option. I'm going to tell you right now, somebody they could, they could extend depending on how he does this year, depending on what happens with, with Buda Baker. We've had him on the Greg Dorch podcast, Kayvon Wallace. If Kayvon mm-hmm. Wallace is a starter for the rest of the year or a spot starter, when Buda comes back, they're just like, Hey, stick around. Here's a two-year contract. Will Hernandez style, right? Something mm-hmm. modest, but, but still, Hey, you're, you're a starter. You're part of the team, but there, there is nobody on the team right now that is going to command 50, 60, 70 million dollars on the open yeah. market. Like, they're all in drops the, in the NFL salary cap bucket. They really right. are. And like there's it, there's nobody that's gonna force the issue and make you pay 
a big chunk percentage of your salary cap. How's that Zach Allen contract working out for the Denver Broncos <laughs> right now where they're giving up 35 points to Sam Howell and everybody's freaking out last March when they're, oh, we can't, can't go on without Zach Allen. <laughs> it underscores how bad Steve Kime was. But again, I mean, like, it, we, it's tongue-in-cheek. It's funny to say the next guy that might get paid by this team, this regime that was drafted and developed, could be like Paris Johnson Jr. in two years or three years. Like they, they, They've set themselves up for, we're going to add a bunch of top 50 picks. They're going to have potentially five this year. They had how many? Two or three last year. Those are the guys that are going to they're going to pay because they're going to produce under this coaching staff for the better part of two or three seasons. I mean, like I like Hollywood Brown. I, like I went into Dick's Sporting Goods with my son looking for a Buda Baker jersey. And he's mm-hmm. got a Kyler Murray jersey. And there was no Buddha. They were all sold out. But the other jersey that's available is a Hollywood Brown jersey. It's just like, like if I had to guess right now, Hollywood Brown's not on this team next year. Is that a fair – would you say the same thing? Completely fair. I mean, you can – you see the – prototype that they want for the wide receiver it's it's a big bodied guy who could be physical it's michael wilson and zach pascal mm-hmm. um they brought in jeff smith uh who played at boston college after releasing areas from the practice squad and, right. and every single guy that they worked out they worked out four receivers johnny and they were all like six three and high and taller like one guy was six six i mean they <laughs> they like big wide receivers You've pointed this out, like what what Petsing worked with in in Cleveland. There wasn't a single guy under six one on that wide receiver court. It might have even been taller than that. They Monty Osenfort, Jonathan Gannon, Drew Petsing, um, and, and and Petsing's vertically challenged himself. They they all love tall boy wide receivers, and and, and you get it because it's it's such a it, it can be such a weapon, especially in the red zone. Even though Hollywood Brown had a nice little play, Petsing had a nice little play call that has Hollywood good, he's Brown. He's a good player. He's a good player in the zone. Yeah. It's if, if they have the second pick or the third pick, depending on where Drake may goes, they're going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. Like there's your starter with with Michael Wilson next year. And then you could bring back Zach Pascal. You could take another receiver later, a bigger guy like that's your receiving core. I'm sorry. Trey, Trey McBride, I, you know, finally looks like that budding starting tight end that we had hoped for. Maybe they draft another tight end. Maybe this Elijah kid from Stanford can be a, can be a player at six, six, like. The you know, Rondell Moore and Hollywood Brown. I just it feel like just Rondell Moore like barely, barely played. This know, he lost week. me money. He lost me money on this past like, week. Is is like over? Was, <laughs> it was twenty six and a half. He didn't yeah, even sniff it. <laughs> he didn't even sniff it. And By I, the way, I don't think he can he can complement the offense. It's not what they want. Yeah, Zach Allen is paying, playing playing eighty five percent of the snaps on the defensive line for the Broncos. What's his stats? Eighty-five percent of the snaps is insane. Like that, he's probably gassed. Is the Any sacks? You know, um, I was just looking at it because of, of of the system that obviously JG and Rollis run here. L- let's look at his stats through two games, no sacks. Um, tackle seven tackles, one TFL, three quarterback hits. Byron Murphy in Minnesota, they're owing to. And he's been fine. He looks like he did in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And he went to Minnesota because he wanted to win games. Three tackles, one pass defended. Um, in a con Zach like- Allen was going against the same Washington deep offensive line that was massacred by the Arizona Cardinals front seven for six sacks. Vance Joseph 
poised to probably lose his job at this rate. I mean, you hate to say that. If they if their defense looks like this all season, he'll get fired. Sean like Payton's not going to be the he's not going to no. be the guy that's going to take heat for that. Even though he hired, how's that going to look against Miami this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to you. Uh, Cardinals got a lot of irons in the fire. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, compared to what's going on in Chicago, I think they passed the baton to, to our friends at CHGO and the Bears for the dysfunction team during in-season. Cardinals can quietly go about their business. They did so this week at practice, Bobarak. Quickly, a rundown. Looks like the Cardinals are relatively healthy on the injury report. Same can't be said for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that Trayvon Diggs thing is brutal, man. And it's just like yeah. the Buda Baker from the previous week, but worse, right? I mean, one of your premier players on that side of the football in practice – Suffers a serious injury, you know, Buddha, obviously hamstring, but Trayvon Diggs torn ACL and man, Mm -hmm. they quickly found that out. They got him off the practice field, got the MRI and then the results from the MRI within hours. And he went from, you know, being a star, a budding or just a true star on this Dallas defense that Zach Hurts says is the fastest and plays at the quickest pace he's ever seen. And this is going to be his 19th game against Dallas in his career saying they fly around, and he, he's a big part of what they do. Now, they have Stefan Gilmore. They added a veteran this offseason, so they've got depth there. And then they've got, you know, obviously the game record, Micah Parsons, that you still have to account for. It's already gone on social media. and said he's going to pick up his brother, Diggs, uh, who was lost for the year in, in a little bit longer. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just one less guy to have to look out for because he's such a ball hawk, Diggs is. Um, so... It makes the job, you know, the slightest bit easier, but they still have those. They still have a, a pretty stout defense. Dan Quinn pulling the strings there, and also, I mean, the biggest thing for the Cardinals is is keeping guys in front of them on the defensive side of the football. Um, and the Cardinals, I mean, relatively healthy now, but they took their hits, you know, at the beginning of the week, you know, with obviously L.J. Collier going on IR the previous week, and then suffered another injury on the defensive line, and Carlos Watkins. And then the Buda Baker blow, uh, you're still trying to overcome that. But I think the defensive front, the defensive line, I don't think there's going to be a huge drop-off as long as they have fresh bodies there, and they will. And then we'll see what they can do if, if um, Andre uh, Sastre continue to play at a, at a decent level for the Cardinals in their secondary. Yeah, I, the Dallas, to me, I, they're not the kind of offensive team where it's going to be Mahomes-esque like last year up and down the field. I mean, they can look clunky at times offensively. Their, their offense didn't look great week one against the Giants. It was their defense. It was field position. Yeah. So, you know, I can see the Cardinals hanging around in this game, very similar to Washington. Um, and, you know, who knows? It's, I mean, Dak Pres- Prescott's been known to turn the ball over. I mean, yeah. and Gannon's got familiar. He led the NFL in, in picks last year. And yeah. and the Dallas team hasn't turned the ball over. But, I mean, they're, they've, they've faced this little adversity and, and, and it's a testament to how well they played on the defensive side of the football, right. but they haven't faced any adversity. It's like a guy, it's like a, it's like a prize fighter and he faces some pretty easy opponents week one and, or, you know, the first couple of fights. And then they truly get like punched in the mouth. Now the Cardinals are going to be the ones to do that. I mean, we talked to our guy, Brian Balding or Baldy. He's like, if you get a chance to put Dak on the turf, you got to do it. Right. And he was, I think he was, I think he was sacked once in 39 dropbacks last week. Yeah. Uh, you, you've got to be able to get them down more often than that. And you got to get off, you, as a defense, you got to get off the field. The Jets were on the field 82 plays on defense. That's just, that's, that's not good for anybody. So 
they're going to have to find ways somehow turn back the clock to the first six quarters of, of the NFL season and, and get, get off the field, you know, and, and rack up some sacks, wreak some havoc and, and make the Cowboys face offensively their first diversity of, of the 2023 season. Yeah. It's like when the Cardinals lost Buddha late last week, that affected their game plan. Cowboys, you know, having to try to install new CB one this week and it has a trickle down effect to the rest of their secondary. Uh, I heard from somebody close to the, to the team. They're, they're confident in their game plan this week. And I, I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that Dallas right now is giving up is either the, the number one or the a top three yards per rush from opposing quarterbacks, right? Danny Dimes in week one and then Zach Wilson last week. I, I wonder if Josh Dobbs, more design runs could be in play. Obviously, you don't want to expose him to too much with Dan Quinn's defense, that ferocious front seven led by Micah Parsons. But, I mean, the, the Cardinals can run the football. We've seen that. You know, you point out this week, let's not run to the left side unless we absolutely have to with mm-hmm. DJ Humphries and Elijah Wilkins. Uh, I, I I, think the Cardinals can keep this close. I think they can ugly this game up a little bit. And again, like Dallas has got a lot of talent, a lot of playmakers, but they're not immune to losing games like this. They lost games like this last year. Um, and Gannon's familiarity, I mean, I don't want to say he's two for two thus far with defensive game plans because the second half, but mm-hmm. the I, I do think his familiarity with the division has helped exponentially. So you know, we're going to have a hell of a program here on a football Friday. Bo Brock, Johnny Venerable here, PHNX Cardinals. Bo previewing the entirety of the game this weekend. What a win would mean for this franchise. The Probably the biggest win in two years for the Arizona Cardinals should they be able to upset the Dallas Cowboys. Bo, should be a great show on Friday. Yeah, I can't wait to preview this. We'll see what the status of some key players for the Cardinals is on the practice field tomorrow. Really looking to see if 95, Lecky Foto is going to be good to go because of the state of the defensive line. Other than that, you know, I don't anticipate Josh Woods getting back from that ankle injury. So there'll be a little light in the, in the inside linebacker core. But other than that, we'll, we'll try to keep tabs on, on some other players and hopefully avoid any kind of last-second injuries like last week too. So yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be, yeah, preview shows are always great, especially when you're going up against a team like Dallas that you love to hate on. Absolutely. Like and subscribe here. Give us a five-star review. Say something nice about the podcast. <laughs> Does wonders for the show. Uh, Bo Brock, Johnny Venerable, we're back on a football Friday. Have a good one. Oh.